This podcast is Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon and Bouts here on the Black Tastic Podcast Network. I'm Panama Jackson, joined by the illustrious, illustrative, analysis-tacious. Wow. I'm here with the gang, 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 to discuss another episode of Insecure. I'm here with Corey, Jabri, Shanice, and Janae. How's everybody doing? doing great, man. Great wine. <laughs> yeah, see, I try to come with the the uh, superlatives, but I, I trapped myself because I didn't know how to turn analysis into the hy- hyperbolic. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I took it over myself. Word. You got I took creative, over my own girl. blackness. Listen, I, I went too black on them. I went full hey, black. And you never they, go full black. They add new words to the dictionary every year, bro. Maybe that might be one to get added this year. Oh, okay. I'll make a call. Yeah, I'll make yeah. a call. Somebody all words are made up. All words are made up. I now that's true. All words are made up at some point. Door was not a door until we decided it was a door. So yeah, listen, I'm that black person that has the argument that language is fluid at all times. If you can say it, it's a word. It could be used. Everybody doesn't see it that way. Um, <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother discussion. That's a whole nother discussion. We are here today gathered in the name of Issa to discuss episode four of season four, uh, Low-Key Losing It. The HBO synopsis of this episode is when Issa has a block party crisis, she turns to a reluctant Molly for help. One sentence, one hit a quitter. That's what HBO has. Pretty good, pretty good synopsis. Y'all ready to do our personal round robins to see if we can come up with a better synopsis? I feel overdressed with three sentences. I mean, I got three. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have three sentences. I don't even have one. So I'm just, I, I'm going to start it off with uh, Molly and Issa grow further apart. What happened to Schoolboy Q? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. That's all I got. Who's going next? I go. I got Molly don't know the difference in nine and a quarter to two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly wants some breast milk. Oh, oh. man. How, did, how, was that a, how was that a major takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren a small part. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Shawnee's um, how about you go? Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, Janine. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Um, <laughs> no, we not that bad. Um, okay. Um, as the block party draws closer, Condola goes MIA, and Molly and Issa still haven't figured out how to communicate. Facts. All right. Who's up next? Um, let's see. Um, uh, usually I make mine about Lawrence, but uh, he wasn't really a factor in this week, <laughs> so um, I'll say my major synopsis for this week was Issa and Molly's friendship 
is officially over. <laughs> done. They're not friends. They're not friends no more. They never been friends, Damn. according to Jabri. Yeah, I think they I were. Mean, but the show doesn't right. believe that women can be friends. So I'm just saying, like the show never really gives any positive portrayal of, of women's friendship. So I'm not saying, true. I, don't think, I don't think Issa Rae thinks women can be friends. That's all I'm saying. What about the other three though? Like are Kelly and Molly friends or Kelly, Kelly... and Tiffany are good friends? Yeah. I mean, so there was the whole thing about the baby shower, but you know, baby shower Kelly noticed when something's wrong. Like, how could they not call out Molly? Molly was being overtly uh aggressive to Issa and nobody even noticed it because nobody cares because they're not friends. Well, hold up. So in, in this episode though, we probably get sidetracked. <laughs> but individually, okay. like Kelly had a talk with Issa. And they okay, seem to be right. friendly. Oh no, we can talk about it later. We're we'll, we'll right, right. we gonna, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get to it. All right, Shawnee, what you got? The block party is looking mad shaky. Oh no, the block party is looking low key shaky. Eh? And uh, um see what you did. You see I what I did that? Too. I saw and, it too. <laughs> and Molly learns how to apologize to everybody but Issa. Hmm. All right. I definitely am, don't have the best one there. I know that, but that's okay. <laughs> Who mentioned the MIA thing? I think, Janae, that was you with the MIA. He said something yeah, about condolences MIA. And then, yeah. yeah. That was a big one to put in there. Yeah, because yeah, you, you worked in Condola. Right. The ghost of Condola. <laughs> even though she didn't actually appear. <laughs> right. I mean, it was a, a, a plot driver. Yeah. yeah. She loomed large over the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I, well, I like that one. That that will work yeah, for me because you were doing. I forgot about her. Yeah, me too. So. I agree. Well. Works for me All too. Right. All right. All right. Janae, good job. Um, you know, little golf clap for you out here in these in these COVID <laughs> <That's streets. pretty laughs> All right. Well, we are going to uh, go right into the Lawrence Hive report, Ooh! brought to you by uh, Ashy Negroes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Ooh! Ashy rhetoric coming soon. <laughs> oh my god! Brought to you by right, right, right by 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 Ashy Ashy rhetoric oh, featuring Corey so, Wilson. Yeah. So I mean, this week, go ahead, uh, go ahead. So give us the Lawrence Hive report. Lawrence yeah, Lawrence Hive wasn't report. a very prominent figure in this week's episode. This week's episode was more kind of about uh, Issa and Molly's relationship, but it's still a win for Lawrence. You know, he won by default. You know, by doing, by he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, you know, him and him and his partner were having a a good man to man talk about fatherhood and uh, and, you know, and marriage and relationships and stuff. That's always a plus when when two guys can get together and 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 have good constructive uh, conversation. And we got to a point where Lawrence was gonna have a conversation with Issa, but the conversation got interrupted because Issa had a call. We don't know what that was about. Hopefully, Lawrence was kicking it to the curb and telling her, "Don't call me no more, lose my number." <laughs> but that's yet to be seen. That'll probably call the next episode. Wish that's really thing. all. <laughs> that's all Lawrence did this week. It was he didn't have much uh much going on this week. All right. I do agree. Look, you if if you don't lose, by default you win. You win. There you go. You win. That's how that so works. that's exactly how it works. Listen, it's it's college football rules as far as I'm concerned. So I'm gonna have to give Lawrence the W for the week too. There we go. All right. So we're going to get into the good, the bad, the insecure. And I think this is actually going to be interesting because I saw a lot of discussion about this episode being, we've talked, even we talked about it beforehand about being like somewhat filler, but I feel like there was a lot to discuss in this episode. Like Corey mentioned a couple of weeks ago on a couple of other episodes, how 
like they provided a lot of talking points and they did this in this like there's two like there's two situations in here that i think really lend themselves to the kind of conversations that happen on twitter and facebook and just in general when people were talking about like relationship things so i think there's a lot to work with here even though the episode itself might have been slightly underwhelming just in terms of like it, was, it felt like a 10 minute episode they stretched into 20 minutes to 30 minutes yes. to me. So, all right, Shawnee, take it away. All right. So we're going to slide right in with the good. It took me a minute, even though, you know, there wasn't much in this episode. It took me a minute to find the good. It was kind of just like, okay, this is happening. But I did notice that Molly seemed to be back in the good races with some of her coworkers. They were having a nice little um, girlfriend-like kiki session while they were working, where Molly refers to Andrew as her man. Um, that's news to me, mm-hmm. but me for her. I, I thought, you know, did you use that term? She did. She said, "My oh. man." She okay. said, "What did she say? My, my man always understands, or something like that." They were talking about um, yeah. having to stay late at work, and Molly right, goes, right. "Oh, well, my man always understands," and I'm like, "Oh, your man." she's owning it right i like it yeah you know and i it seemed i guess i've established now that these episodes are moving on a each episode is like a month or it takes place you know the next month is the next episode so you know it seems to us like they're moving fast or maybe there were some conversations that were had that they didn't show us that took place in some other months or something like that that they established that they were a, a couple an item but she said that was her man, so that's her man. Um, speaking of Andrew, his haircut is growing on me. Minor detail. Um, <laughs> that, that can't that can't be in the good section. That can't be. Why? His haircut is terrible. Let it, let um, us live right. boring. Right. I just think it was you, like, you like his haircut too. You like his haircut too. Jay? It grew on me. I like the I like the long hair better at first, but the short hair has has grown on me. It's growing on me. Okay. I mean, yeah. now, that know, now that we know that the character has a job, I mean, <laughs> it can make, make it a little more realistic is all I'm saying. He worked at Rock Nation, though. He can have his hair however he wants. Yeah, so, he worked at Rock Nation, though. He, pro- he can probably dress how he wants to. Let's go to Tiffany's house. We're at Tiffany's house now. We're not even, we're, 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 we're beyond that. So now we're at Tiffany's house. Uh, what was refreshing for me to see was Tiffany be honest about her childbirth experience. We all know Tiffany for being, you know, a very uh, wants to look perfect in everyone's eyes. You know, she wants to portray this perfect life. So it was refreshing to see her talk about her real childbirth experience instead of being like, oh my gosh, my daughter is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love her so much. She was kind of real in the fact that like, look, childbirth is ugly. I had a really horrible experience. And we all know that, especially with black women, um, and maternal health is not really the best situations for us all the time. She talked about how Derek had to advocate for her. So it was nice how they slid that in there and they showed um, a more real side of Tiffany. I will say that also could be for, you know, attention like, oh, you know, I had such a terrible experience, you know, attention me. But it was mm-hmm. nice to see that she, that she um, you know, kind of let them into what was really going on in her life. I saw somebody say on Facebook, I think that low key, haha, Tiffany has been the best character on this season of Insecure so far. Hmm. That's that's a hard sell for me in general. But I think it's because everybody else is going through so much nonsense Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Like, 
Tiffany and Derek have maintained they've been consistent. They've been themselves, right. they've been whatever. But I don't but right. the, the yeah. person who dropped that didn't add any more context. So I just thought I would throw that in there. I would just lob that in there. I don't agree with it, but I'm we're talking so, about Tiffany. So aside from it coming out that Tiffany kind of withheld information as far as Lawrence and Condola, which we found out at the beginning of the season. I mean, I do think that Tiffany has just been kind of, you know, more so preoccupied with her pregnancy and having this baby to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of the nonsense. And so she's really just been giving people advice on, you know, how they should be moving, whether it's telling Issa and Molly that they need to just talk or, you know, really just kind of breaking it down to simple terms, like y'all doing a lot right now. Boom. This is what y'all need to do. Keep pushing. And so, I mean, to that extent, I think that while everybody else is like beating around the bush with all of their drama, Tiffany is just kind of like, especially just being able to kind of look at it from the outside looking in, like she's not even really in the mix like that no more. She's just getting all of the information from everybody else. She's like, well, y'all probably feel the same way. Y'all need to go talk. Let me tell you what's going on with this. And we just going to keep it moving like that. So, I, I mean, to that extent, maybe that's what the person meant. Question. That conversation that Tiffany had with Issa, Molly, and Kelly, where she's talking about the experience. Is that is that a realistic conversation amongst women? Yes. I think so. Um, which is Which is a good thing, I think, because... Particularly when it when we're dealing with like our health and our experiences navigating the healthcare system, I think that hearing what happens to other women can sometimes be empowering for you to advocate for yourself if you should so happen to go through certain situations like that. Because I think a lot of times we you may think that a certain situation was an isolated thing, but being able to kind of see that there's a trend and a common experience that a lot that Black women share. A lot of times, particularly in the healthcare system, dealing with provider bias and and you know not being you know treated the way that you should be, or not being taken seriously, or feeling like you needed a partner to step in and advocate on your behalf, like those aren't unique experiences. And so, I think it is very reflective of conversations that I mean, at least you know me and my friends have had about you know navigating the healthcare system, and even some of my you know mom friends who. I know have had, you know, their own unique experiences delivering their children, but it really does speak to the real crisis there is with Black women and not feeling like they're getting the care that they need generally, but even especially in the maternal health space. I think that with, you know, so much attention on Black maternal health care, um, I think that we are more inclined to ask about it. And I think maybe before, you know, you just assume that people go in and have a baby, everything is smooth. But now it's kind of like, well, sis, how was your pregnancy? Was everything good? Did you have a good experience? I think those are questions that people start asking now um, just because of what's been going on. So pretty realistic to me. Yeah, I, I asked that because the conversation that Derek and Lawrence had, which true is hell amongst dudes. Like women don't want to hear that. Like women don't want to hear the fact that men view. Like I, I get it. It's 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 yeah. sexist, but it is very accurate in the way that men kind of like. What Derek Derek said something very profound when he was like he was looking at his daughter. He's like, dude, like I've done some trash things, and those those women were daughters. And when he said women are daughters too, kind of thing. It's like man, that's. It was kind of like when when Molly's brother told her dads can be niggas, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like the duality of things. So guys have those conversations where amongst each other, it's like, dude, like you just realize some of the things that you've done to women. You're looking at your daughter and you're thinking about, man, I hope like this is going to happen to her because dudes suck 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and while it sounds as it in mixed company, it is a sexist conversation, mm-hmm. but in amongst men, it really is a way of reframing the way we think about things sometimes. Like it might not entirely change your behavior, but it does drop that nugget into your brain of like, wow, this is this is real. Like, am I off base here, Jabri, Corey? Like, nah, that's real. That's, yeah. that's, that's a real thing. It's a real conversation for sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes people are like, it's not universal for everybody, right? Some of us are like, duh, yeah, we've been through that shit. But some people are like, this is the beginning of that conversation. It's the beginning of that change in thought. For some people, it's the last nail in that in that change in thought, where it's the last thing that you needed to get yourself over the hump where you can stop being trash. Right. You know, and for most men, it's somewhere in between on that spectrum somewhere. Yep. My daughter uh, turned one today. Um, oh, happy congratulations. Yeah. My first daughter, five kids, first girl. And um, I wouldn't say that I had that type of uh, epiphany transition when I had a girl, but <laughs> it is it is different. You know, it is different having a girl and um it changes your world perspective, not necessarily in those superficial, uh, sexist ways, but I do look at a few things differently, having a little girl to take care of. Yeah, I think it absolutely does reframe. Maybe not, it's not an entire, like you said, it's not an entire reframing depending on who you are and like how right. you were raised. But a lot of dudes do look at their moms and their systems as moms and sisters, not yeah. women. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, it's like you get that, right. you get that. Well, this is women, and these are and and again, it's sexist. I understand that part, but that was a that was a very real conversation that they were having. Like I looked at that, like yo, that's that's they consulted some dudes on that one, or they the women who wrote that were just like, well, this is how guys think because of Twitter. But the thing is, that really is how we think. But it's also a way that men communicate in like honest, vulnerable spaces where you yeah. you know. You get through to other people about that because you help them think about things differently too, because of that stuff. All right. So anyway, I, I, thought, that, I, I, would, th- I thought they did that well. Yeah. No, I thought that both conversations were were really important to have. I think from the perspective of the conversation that Lawrence and Derek were having, I think that it's a good thing as long as that conversation. I think it's a good you know way for men to kind of introspect about how some of their behaviors you know, may have impacted women in certain ways. What I don't hope it does and what I think it does sometimes is this realization that, yeah, men can be trash and then it causes you to be kind of like unreasonably overprotective of your daughters rather than allowing them to navigate the world in a healthy way. And I think sometimes men take that realization and go the other other way. Yeah, I mean, my argument would be that if you're going so far, if like the people that show the, like, you see two dudes with a shotgun with the daughter in the middle, like no man gonna come, like that kind of stuff that's right. overly excessive. There's yeah. no introspection that's happening there. You ain't really thinking about it. You're viewing her in the very sexist way that causes the conversation in the first place. So, <laughs> yeah, like I think if you're genuinely being introspective about it and thinking about your own, like it would, being introspective causes you to think about your behavior as a man in those spaces. Not, it doesn't turn you into the, I must just protect the sanctity of your womanhood in that sense. Like you actually think, you know what? They, they become like, I think they become full human beings. If you, they become full human beings. That was a sexist <laughs> statement. But like you start to, you start to actualize women as full human beings and as people, as opposed to just this thing that you must protect or that you are just going to be trash to. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you, you step into the 
full agency for women department of your life as a man, I think. Yeah, I hear you. So, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a good combo that they were having. A good combo, even if, even if I got understood, I could understand why women hate those conversations or hate seeing it because it yeah. leans on those stereotypes. At the same time, I think for men, they're very honest and probably needed for a lot of men to have those conversations with other men about what that's like. Yeah, I get it too. The convos shouldn't have to exist. Right. They happen and that was depicted in the show. Yep. Well, thank you, uh, Panama, for that segue. I actually had that conversation in the bad. So let's just mosey on over there. Um, So in addition to that conversation being in the bad, let's start back from the top. So Andrew comes over to Molly's house to spend a little bit of quality time. And he actually ends up spending more quality time with her sheets um, until she finishes her work at almost 2 a.m. I believe uh, she started around 9. I thought that was very rude. Um, and it also seems like Andrew like Andrew doesn't seem to mind the fact that Molly is really into her work. He doesn't seem to complain about it at all. He kind of just goes with the flow. But Molly doesn't really respect his time, it seems, which is the issue that I'm, that I'm having with her working until 2 a.m. Like, I, we get that you're a lawyer, you're busy, that he came over to spend time with you. So it was like, at what point do you, you know, give a little attention? 2 a.m. is ridiculous. I, I think I would have left. <laughs> I wouldn't have left. Um, I mean, I feel like if you're going, if you're going to date like successful women, like that's just part of it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they're going to be busy with work and you just got to find a way to fill that void. You know, he should have just went in there and popped on some Netflix or something and watched TV and call it a night. But, you know, I, w- I wouldn't have tripped off it at all. You're right. You're right. Um, I think I think that's me being confused about their about um, their relationship progression. You know, it seems like they are, you know, really into a relationship. And we didn't re- we haven't really seen that progress, that progression um, and seen them grow to be boyfriend and girlfriend. I guess I'm thinking about it as, you know, as as an earlier on stage, like if 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 I'm not your nice. girl yet and we don't really have, you know, that much time and that much you know I, I i don't know i guess i feel like i'm old more but if i'm your girl and i've been around for a while and i know that you're a hard worker then maybe you know it's different i, I mean i guess you're right well he said himself andrew said himself the honeymoon phase was over right mm-hmm. so yeah in that in that sense he should expect this at this point like oh she working i'm coming over there then i'm gonna get my time where i can get my time that is they should be in that according to them it seems like that's the phase that he alluded to them being in yeah, it is kind of hard to keep up with the pacing, but I mean, they are telling us that it's going month by month. So it's like, yeah, to us, it was last week, but to the characters on the show, it was last month. So right, right. if they've been dating this long, it makes sense that they progressed to that point. He didn't seem mad about it. You know, he went, he yeah. went to sleep. My man was sleeping. He was knocked out. You know, he, he yeah. was ready to go when she showed up, but, you know, it was he was asleep. He was he took a I'm- nap. I was going to say, I mean, I think that he he kind of matched Molly's energy. Like, I mean, to, to Corey's point, I mean, he didn't trip. Like, he didn't, you know, make a big fuss about anything. It was, you know, she busy. You know, I'll catch her when I catch her. And I mean, even when they went on their date and went out to dinner, like, he didn't even, like, press her about anything. He had just assumed that just like every other time, she probably going to have to dip out. She's probably got work to do. And she didn't give any indication that... You know, I mean, and even when she has given the indication that like, oh, quote unquote, tonight I'm all yours, she don't really be. So, I mean, right. he, you know, made his plans. And I mean, I don't think it's fair for anybody to expect somebody to just make themselves readily available to you 
or, you know, just like wait on you in, in hopes that maybe you might make the time. Like, again, this is like communicate, use your words. If you really want this to be like acknowledge the fact that I know I've had to do rain checks and this, then the third. But tonight, for real, this is, you know, I'm trying to do this. What did you think, Janae, of Molly allowing him to keep his plans with his boys, like telling him to go play cards anyway when he said he was going to cancel it? Because that was passive. That was passive aggressive because it wasn't OK. She didn't want right. him to do that. She should have right. told him like they could have had a, a more a, a deeper conversation in that moment. Yeah. Rather than Molly acting like she was cool with it when she wasn't. She wasn't cool with it. And I mean, I don't blame Andrew for making the plans, even though if all he was going to do was say he was going to cancel him, I probably wouldn't have brought it up in the first place. But right. she wasn't <laughs> she wasn't cool with it. So she shouldn't have done that passive aggressive stuff that she usually does anyway. Now, should Andrew have checked in to see if it was going to be a long night or did like. Now, once, that, once that shit happened a few times, then I got free reign yeah. to go ahead and make extra plan Bs because I, I can anticipate that at the end now, of the that night. I agree with. But I mean, it was their days. date night. I mean, I I guess, I, and I don't I don't fault him for that. I mean, it, it made perfect sense to me. But I was wondering if like, right? She passive aggressively was just like, oh, it's fine, go ahead. When that's not what she wanted, I wonder if it was like their date, like, like the way she handled it. So, well, I have time now. Like he's like, I mean, but you never do, kind of thing. Like, I guess. They went out to dinner and he just assumed that that was going to be the end of the night after that. Well, she well, she was talking about me going back to my place to do edibles and then body roll, body roll, body roll. And he's like, well, I wasn't planning on going back to your place tonight. I was planning on picking it with my boys because I figured you probably had some work to do tonight, which she usually does. The right thing to do probably would have been, hey, you know, what's your night looking like? I wanted to go out with my friends tonight, but I don't think he was wrong for not doing that. Yeah, he could have canceled the plans right there through a text. That's what I'm like. I think if like like, once Molly starts, you know, going, we can do whiskey here. We can do this there. We can go back to my place here. Andrew could have made the mental note like, "Ooh," and then you know, get on the phone, start sending that text. Can't make it tonight, but he wanted wanted to put Molly on notice too. Yeah, he did. He like you sent you sent a group text. Ain't gonna make it, homie. Got it. Got something came up. Every dude understands. Maybe he was hosting. If he hosted, it's different. Well, he was hosting. He hosted the game, well, but, but he offered to cancel in the first place. So if, exactly. if he, you know, he offered to cancel that, and so my get, so I guess that was my point. I brought it up in the first place is like, I feel like he passed. He like went back at her with the passive aggressive, like, well, yeah. I was gonna go hang on with the homies, like, but I could cancel it. Nah, bro, like if you are gonna cancel it, you just yeah, you was you gonna just cancel the it. Yeah. Text. There was a way to do it. Right, he didn't have to do that too. That was kind of like it's like they had like this little power play going on where nobody wanted to say what they wanted to say and then they had yeah. the convert then they end up having to have that conversation like he doesn't know where he fits in there which is i think is weird because again there was the whole the honeymoon thing is over and he was okay with her having work to do like that's that, that's the one struggle i have with the pacing on this like it is hard to tell exactly where they are in their relationship because you know he comes over late i mean he comes over early she's busy till late and he's cool with that but then later he's like, I don't really know where I stand. I don't know how you make like where they stand. Like, is this a problem for them for real? Or is this like, is it a problem for him for real? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's a, a problem. I think he's rolling with the punches, but I, I think, I think he's acting how he feels is accordingly. Right. But I, I don't think that he's given any indication that he has an issue with the amount of time that she spends on her work. But it's, at the same time, it's like, if you're going to be working like this, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do me and you shouldn't expect, 
you need to just sit around and wait for you all the, every single time to be done with your work. Like I'm going then- to have other plans. Yeah. And then also he's like inviting her to other stuff, too. Like, for example, he was she was supposed to go to that listening party with him and she ended up staying working with her lawyer homegirls. And then he invited her to something else. They were supposed to be doing a movie night. And then she was like, rain check on that because I'm with the baby and I got some work to finish up. And it's like, okay, so we're in this space where like I only see you after like two o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to like include you in my life and you're not allowing me to do so so I mean like what are we actually doing are we really trying to build a relationship but like what is happening right now doesn't feel like a real relationship yeah she gonna she gonna start making more time for him or she gonna she gonna be gotta prioritize each other and she feels like and that's and that's so interesting to me because Molly been so much of the episode talking about how oh Andrew's here for me this oh strong partnership that yada 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 and she's not showing the same I think support that she at least feels like she's getting from Andrew meanwhile Andrew is like he feels neglected Jabri I have a lawyer question for you so when you have like is it like you have big projects you work on for a while (laughs) and then it's like you're busy for like a month and then it's like chill for a second and you busy again, kind of like chill for like, how does that how does that work? A lot of it depends on the culture at your firm, like, you know, how they're expecting you to turn out work. I get the impression from where Molly works that she could have left some of those late night meetings. She didn't have to work until, a quarter yeah. you know, like uh, the people she was working with were like, no, they were leaving. Right. One of them was leaving and one of them was like, you go home, uh, you go on ahead, girl, you know, do whatever you said you was going to do. And I think that she's taking a lot of that on herself and making herself into a work monster as opposed to that being what she has to do. Got you. I think that's right. And I mean, she acknowledged as much in the end when she was like, well, she had never been in a relationship long enough to ever like actually figure out how to balance it in her life. Like, I think she probably always kind (laughs) of ran over the nigga she was talking to with her work because it wasn't anything that she felt like she really needed to prioritize. But I guess this is a situation that, you know, different and she wants to make it work. So, I mean, hopefully that indicates some sort of behavior change. Yeah, But see, you know what makes that odd to me? I never got the impression that Molly was a workaholic in any of the prior seasons. Molly was everywhere. She was, when, when folks was hanging, Molly was hanging. Like it was always that kind of thing. Now she work at Coachella. Like she was working when they went to Coachella. But that was when she got to the new firm. This new and firm. She, right. She had a deadline that she needed to meet. Remember? And, Issa talked her into coming. So she had just burned all her bridges there. She pissed everybody off. She was well, she trying to get back to the She took on that project at the last minute, too, because she was too busy trying to impress her people at the firm because she didn't even have to do all... Like, she volunteered herself for that. Right. To get it right. done by Monday or whatever. Something stupid she said. And so she keeps doing it to herself, trying to impress these people at her new firm. Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> yeah, she, better, she better get it together quick. Yeah. yeah, agreed. He All right, start, so, he gonna start inviting other chicks to the to these hangouts. Sure is. And I mean, he, really, he rolls within his rights. <laughs> what? Well, not if he's her man, like she says. But we'll see. So we find out that the headliner of the block party, who is Schoolboy Q, drops out. We don't know why, but now there's no headliner, and Issa is calling around frantically trying to find someone to replace it. Now. I don't know if we should say this for evictions, but do y'all think that Issa is going to end up having to call Daniel? Mm. Oh, y'all didn't think about that? 
Nah, I did Ooh, when she Daniel started looking the, up local yeah. LA artists. But. I, mean, I, did, I did think about that. Schoolboy Q to Daniel. Daniel has connections. I don't know. Daniel, but, has, uh, Daniel is a producer. Is, isn't he a producer? Yeah, he's yeah. a producer. He is. Not a very so successful a, one. Yeah, he's like entry level. <laughs> so when she, was, when she was looking up local LA artists, my mom went to Daniel like, oh, she might hit up Daniel to find some like local talent. I don't know. Yeah, my, I will say, be, yeah. On a filler episode, that scene where she was calling everybody was funny. Where she's like, "You said yes, you was your son was gonna grow up to be somebody." Well, did he? It <laughs> was like, no, he didn't. Why would you ever attempt to DM Beyonce? Like, <laughs> listen, I, I when uh, when them Ivy Park boxes when she was sending around all the Ivy Park apparel to all her celebrity friends, I definitely DM'd her my address on the off chance that she. I'm hey, just look, saying that when you I'm with you, Janae. you never, you never, nobody. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Oh my god, I, that is not the logic here. Who knows? Maybe that's the one DM Beyonce response to. We'll never know. Right? Mm-hmm. You never know. You never you know. know. Your I box, was on, you said, I was your like, box might still be on the way, Janae. It might still okay. be on the way. Relatable comments to you. So, speaking of the block party, um, our good sis Condola is nowhere to be found in this episode. Ghosts, um, not a text, not a call, not a barely a mention. Um, I don't know. And we kind of see, um, you know, Issa's wondering about her. She calls Condola, she texts her, she texts her to let her know that she just called her. Um, and then eventually we see that Issa and Lawrence are in the same place at the same time. They talk, and Issa kind of brings it up to Lawrence that she hasn't seen Condola in a while. What y'all think Lawrence is about to say to Issa? You about to say me too. It's been a month. It's been a month since that last whatever they had. I think so. Here's the other thing. That was Thanksgiving. I ain't seen no Christmas trees nowhere, nobody's house or nothing. By the way, I just want to point that out. It's a month later. The last month was Thanksgiving. Yeah, at this point it's December too, because it's a month to the black party. Yeah, I just want to point out there were no Christmas trees anywhere. It was not it was not Christmas time in LA. So you know what was confusing to me though? If if it's a month later, right? The the big blow up between Lawrence and Condola. Not really blow up, but you know, the conversation that they had. That was a month ago, right? Has Issa not... What would have made Condola all of a sudden not be talking? Because it seems like Issa has been in contact with Condola since since, you know, she's called her about the graphics. So why what? all of a sudden well, can she not be talking with Condola? I don't know if it's a complete month later because I was... When, uh, she w- when I looked at her phone to see like the little text threads or whatever... Uh, that she had with Condola. Um, it detail? was like, oh, yeah. She's zooming in and you shit. Gotta, you got to see the, Listen, the yes, I am. Um, we need to know, man. This is important info. <laughs> you got to, no, don't miss the details. It was mm-hmm. December. So, and then like previous to that, she had reached out to uh, Condola like late November. So like, I feel like the, the last text, the first text message that was on her screen was from November 30th. So that was that far following Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking it's been more like two two or three weeks maybe since Thanksgiving. Not but like still, a full month. But still if, if Condola is I mean, right. about, you know, Lawrence and, and Issa's interactions, why all of a sudden does it seem like right. Issa can't get in touch with her? And yeah. you know, has she been yeah. not talking to her this whole time? Or like why why right now can Issa not get in contact with her? If she was gonna stop talking to her over Lawrence, she would have stopped talking to her right after oh, wow. the argument. Right. Like, why is she not talking to her now, uh, two weeks before the daggone party or whatever? Okay. So I have a few thoughts. So my initial thought 
when Lawrence was had pulled Issa to the side was, of course, that all of a sudden he's in his feelings and he wants to maybe try to, you know, make things work, especially given the way the last episode ended, too. And maybe Condola oh, had been... You know how Lawrence keeps having this recurring thing about making things work? Notice yeah. There was a scene when Lawrence and Derek were talking and Derek was kind of like, and you, you kind of just make it work. And that camera yeah. like, all doing Lawrence and he was like, make it work. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Y'all reach. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This has been no 100 percent because I thought the same thing from what from what Derek has said to him. It's like when it's worth it, you make it work. And Lawrence had that look fixed, like, oh Lord, what does that mean? So anyway, so I was thinking that maybe that was his, you know, he thought this was an opportunity to maybe tell Issa how he'd been feeling. Issa and um he and Condola had just fallen out. The question of whether he was still in love with her came up, all that. Then I saw somebody mention, and I don't know, I hope this is not true. But what if Condola's pregnant? No. I I hope that. Why wouldn't they? Because that'd be no. real life. I can see that. I can see that happening after his conversation with because Derek. Because then, like, I rewinded all the... I, even the conversation he was having with Derek, I was like... Derek was talking about how his situation was, was unplanned. unplanned. Yeah. And, 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 and I had been looking at it from the frame of Issa... But then I was like, well, what if Condola's pregnant? And then maybe that explains why she hadn't been, you know, coming around like that because maybe she's like having first trimester issues. So she didn't want to give that up because if they're around each other, then of course that's a big giveaway. I would die. And you know what? That would make sense in this current generation. Yes. We don't have that at all in this show. And somebody going to be pregnant. I've been waiting on somebody to get pregnant. No, my chest. No. No. Yeah, I'm liking what is going. I'm liking what is going. Oh no. Okay. I hadn't considered that at all. Now it sounds like a distinct possibility. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, my chest. I know. That's a guarantee. guarantee He never go back. I know. That'd be a wrench. Yeah. So you think that? So you think that would be why she's gone radio silent? Like she. Doesn't like want to have that conversation of, with yeah. Issa or something like that. Maybe she, doesn't want to have the conversation. Maybe or just not ready to have the conversation with Issa. Maybe still trying to figure out what she wants to do. Maybe her Lawrence's wishes. She has. She isn't saying anything to Issa until he has a chance to talk to her about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, of course, if you're in your like you you have like morning sickness and stuff, and so naturally, if I come around Issa and I'm looking like I'm pregnant like she gonna put two and two together and she knows she's been messing with lawrence so i mean that'd be weird that could be just a level of awkwardness that she's not ready to deal with yet and so it made sense to me why she might have went mia completely the theory has merit it has yeah, merit. i just i just and, and i keep wanting it to not make sense and i'm like oh <laughs> <what if she> <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a thought. I don't know if I should have saved that for the addictions, but I mean, it made sense to me with just the awkwardness of how Lawrence was trying to broach the subject. And that's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. I know you ain't seen Condola. Ooh, I just, I don't he know. He did say about that, right? Like when she was yes. like, you know, I haven't heard from her. He was like, well, about that. Right. And yeah. then, but then he was, and you know what? Oh, man. So now you got my wheels turning. No, I, don't think you Lawrence, have I, don't, combo, I don't think Lawrence you knows. I don't think Lawrence knows. have the combo with her. Like when she was like, it's something else. You want to talk about something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Like he wasn't right. ready to have that convo. Whatever convo he was going to have to have, he ain't really ready to he, have it with no, her. No, he didn't want to have it. Mm. 
I'm gonna be real disappointed if this ain't what happens. I'm wow. sorry, my head. It this was just a thought. <laughs> now you didn't got my whole. You know, now you didn't got my my mind ready. It's it's a good theory. I'll say that it, it's a theory that that I think can work. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving. On Wait, to quick question before we get away from this. I'm sorry, I just thought. Why would it be on Lawrence to tell Issa? It wouldn't, but... Like, no, I'm just saying, if the idea is she's not ready to have that convo or not ready to talk to Issa until Lawrence... Like, why would it? Why would Lawrence be the bearer of such news to Issa? I mean, it's not like he called her to tell her. It's not like it was a planned conversation. They just happen to be in the same place. They happen to be in the yeah, same right. place, and he's going to share that with... Well, I guess, so I can see that being the case. What I mean is, in terms of, con- like... Lawrence saying until I talk to Issa wouldn't be it because if they just happen to be in the same place, we don't know if they're ever going to be in the same place until the block party. If I'm Issa, would I rather Condola be the one to just like pop up and tell me this or would I rather hear from Lawrence? I don't I mean, I don't necessarily think he owes her anything. I'm just saying that I'm sure from if he's thinking about it, he feels like he wants to be the good dude and be the person to tell her. Just kind of, I mean, it's clear also whether they have admitted it verbally. I mean, there's still something there, and I mean, also that maybe they may not even Lawrence and Condola may not even be together anymore. Man, y'all found so much meat in this conversation that we need to conversation. <laughs> they didn't even have a conversation. Y'all it didn't even happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed with y'all. Y'all, y'all amaze me. That was so much depth out of a non-conversation. Listen, I like it. I like it. I like speculation. That was a good one. That really took me out of my chest. Like, <laughs> like I said, I, just, I want that to be the case. Now, I'll be disappointed when oh. it's not. When no. Lawrence just like, yo, her car broke down and she lost her phone. No, and fell in the, you know, it's, you know, something, something minor. All right, on to the insecure. All right, so the insecure obviously is um, our good friend Molly again and Issa. Throughout the whole episode, Molly is just being so unnecessarily like snarky and snappy at Issa. We said this in the last episode, like Issa is always, you know, making jokes and cracking jokes. And the things that Issa is saying to Molly are not out of the ordinary. They're not, you know, mean or disrespectful in any way to Molly per se. So I, I don't, I'm not sure why she's all of a sudden taking so much offense to every single thing that Molly says. Like you see, after they had that whole parking fiasco, when Molly, I mean, when Lisa comes back and says, basically, like you took my spot, and Molly goes, "Well, I'm gonna take a spot that was already mine." Like, sis, calm down. And that was Issa. That was a perfect metaphor. That was a metaphor for their for their yeah. relationship, though, because Issa had that spot. That was totally. And then Molly decided she was just gonna take that spot. Like, there's no way you see somebody backing in. And you decide I'm just gonna jump into that spot. And then they can't communicate well. And then it ends up being like Issa deciding, you know, I'm just gonna go find another place. Exactly. And Molly's like, mm-hmm, yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It was a metaphor. It, it, it. it was a metaphor. <laughs> um, and then again in the house, you know, when Molly's talking about and also, you know, it annoyed me that when that <sighs> Molly somehow sees her relationship as like this perfect example of like compromise and teamwork I, I don't know when she decided that she was like all of a sudden a relationship expert now that she's been dating Angie for like four months or however long it's been but that irritated me and I guess Issa thought it was funny too so she made a little joke and Molly again got offended like what 
what did Issa say? Um, it's oh, oh like, look, you have like the red table talks. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's that's still like friendly band. Like, that's not. It seemed like a pretty benign shot. It didn't even seem like a shot. It just seemed like a kind of joke. Yeah. Right. But obviously, you know, Molly felt some kind of way about it. And you see these kind of side conversations happening, which leads me to believe that one, they still haven't had that conversation that they were supposed to have on Thanksgiving. Um, but you see Issa talking to Kelly and you see Molly talking to Tiffany. But the one thing, the the huge difference that I saw in the conversations is that Molly's conversation with Kelly was more kind of like, hey, have you noticed that Molly's been real snappy to me? Like, did she say something to you? But M- Molly's conversation was kind of like a, a talking shit session about Issa. So that, it was a huge difference in the way that the conversation took place to me. This is different in the, in the people that they are. Molly was just trying to talk shit and she was judgy. She was, wrong. first of all, she was wrong because she was assuming that, you know, there was some, you know, whatever Molly, she was assuming whatever Molly and Lauren, I mean, Issa and Lawrence were talking about outside was something that was, you know, yeah, that was or whatever. Yeah, she that was, was assuming Issa was about to go run off behind Lawrence again. Right. That right. Was that's what she was assuming. That she threw out when Issa said she had to go. Like, sis, you don't even know what she's about to do. Like, you didn't ask her if she was okay or anything. She just threw that, that little sassy mm-hmm, out. Yeah, that's what she wanted. She wanted him to. She wanted her to be doing that, so then she could look down on her because that's what she likes to do. She likes to look <laughs> down on Issa because she's not Issa's friend. Yeah, she a terrible friend. They ought to just go ahead. I'm, I'm with you now, Jabri. They should just go ahead and let it go, man. They're they, they not friends no more. Yeah, look at the shots that Molly took at Issa when she was like, yo, I th- my headliner fell through. Did you make yeah. the payments? Did you uh-huh. do something wrong? Right. Like, what did you do? Clearly she she you immediately did went to the yeah. fact that, that Issa did something wrong to cause this outcome. And yeah. then the what? point where she didn't want to help her out no more, or she's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't ask, I'm not gonna ask. I'm like, oh, we're not friends. That's bro. the combo yeah. starter right there. Like, we keep it pushing. And Molly, yeah. you know, I feel like Molly gets these wins that, in theory, should make her feel better. Like, she took the parking space, but then she still wanted to talk shit to her at the party. And then Issa lets it go because Issa lets it go because she's positive. And then she felt like she got to talk more shit to Tiffany. And then she had to not do her the favor. Like, Molly just never stops. It, it never makes her feel better, even though she feels like she's justified because she's, in her head, her narrative is that Issa is starting all this and that Issa is the one that's changed. I mean, she has changed, but it's just that she's more assertive. But I think Molly, like, resents Issa for, like, daring to actually, like, step out on her own and, and do something different and and meet new friends and, like, all these other things. And I I, I don't understand why she's so... Like she is, she's super aggressive to Issa, and it's like I get why Issa feels the way that she feels. I think I mean, Issa's over it. I kind, I kind of get the impression that, like, if they have, like, the conversation might happen. It's a conversation yeah. in order for them to be friends that they have to have. But it's, I feel like it's so low on the list yeah. of things that Issa's interested in because up until this episode, the block party was coming along just fine. So this right. is just a, you know, this is just a, an immediate emergency situation but other than that you know they've missed their little sunday their little sunday um yeah, self-care Sundays. whatever they you know and and Issa was just, oh yeah my bad i just kind of missed the things are hectic and molly was like well you know i've been busy at work too but it's like like they're both putting off whatever they need to address in order to stay friends but they're gonna like they're letting the relationship drift apart yeah and at some point it's just gone like that the, the ships have sailed two completely different ways 
And I think Molly would definitely welcome the opportunity to get her friend back, but in the way that she wants her to be. And the way she wants her. Exactly. Exactly. So do y'all think that Issa or that Molly was wrong for not asking Andrew about, uh, about helping Issa? I mean, she's not wrong. What? Nah, she wrong. What's she talking about? Like, this is like, at this point, Issa don't really have no real job. Like, this is her, this is a big, this is a big deal to her. Not ask and, and her headliner drops out like and for you and you to have a connect and not not ask like that's whack. Yeah, she I, be my friend no more. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Like it's not even like a tenuous connect. Like it's your man yeah. as you going around telling people that's your right. man and you can't ask him. Like there's been nothing on the show to indicate that Andrew would be averse to that in any way. Right. Like, he'd be like, I'm well, even like, if he is, just let him say let him say no. Let him say no. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not like he don't stand up for himself. Yeah. Her wanting to protect her relationship ain't got nothing to do with what like asking Andrew to help Issa. And I think maybe the reason why she said that, aside from being petty, it also made me wonder like, did she think that, you know, okay, Andrew helps her out, connects her with the artist, and then Issa drops the ball, and then all of a sudden that got me looking crazy for putting my man out there on the line. And so I think that was that might have even been an indication that she still don't have faith in Issa to like execute this well. Mm. I don't think it was that deep. Molly just fake. I mean, she, I mean, she like, didn't want to help her from the beginning, like what she should have just said. But I mean, and to that point, I think Issa could have read the room a little bit better and at least, you know, kind of heard Molly out, you nah. know, a little bit. But nah. I mean, what she called you know, to ask for the favor. The in the whole world, you figure even if you read in the room, the room is saying, oh, she in a bad mood today. Not she not going to help me in my hour of need. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying when she initially made the call to Molly, right. she, you know, she didn't kind of like try to eat, especially knowing that y'all ain't really been like on the same page like that recently. Like if Molly's trying to tell you about her, her day or, you know, it, just at least, you know, kind of oblige that for a little bit. Not just like, damn, girl, my bad. And then go right into your favor. Like she could have like buttered it up a little bit better. But I mean, to your point, at the end of the day, if we're quote unquote supposed to be best friends. Like at the end of the day, you should help me, and we can right. still have that bigger conversation let, later. But you're not gonna like let me fail, like that's and then that's tell up. you about it, tell you right. why yeah. I don't want to do it. Like I don't, yeah. it's not worth it for me to help you because it might impact my relationship over. Right. Like if you wanted her to know exactly, like not because she could have just played, she could affect the whole thing. Like I asked him, he said he, he could really do anything about it, and I'm yeah. not saying that would be better, but at least it doesn't it it doesn't create like an actual rift because yeah. this is what she's telling you. I'm not helping you. Right. Like it's very specific and very clear. I'm not helping you because of, you know, my relationship. Like I, a relationship you probably, it's not going to die because you asked. Like it's not, it, because look, Andrew is the one who clearly had to tell Nathan that this thing was going on because Nathan called her. Like I heard you got this joint going on. It's about to be dope. And I'm just, you ain't even got to call me back. I'm just happy for you. and proud of you kind of thing. Like, you know, so, you know, she made it a point to let her know she wasn't going to help her. I was surprised by, given the way given the way that Molly acted at Tiffany's house, like how snappy she was, how smarky she was, it seems like she, you know, doesn't really have any words for Issa at all. But when Issa called, she seemed like she wanted to, like, shoot the shit while she was at work. So... Yeah, that was weird. It was weird to me. Um, and I, I do agree with Janae. I think that Issa could have, you know, maybe entertained it given the given the way their relationship is given what they're going through right now but also like janae said if, if you're my best friend i can call you and ask you for a quick favor 
without having to do the whole small talk thing. Right. Um, or if you know. mad, just say you mad. Like, how you all ask me for a favor and we ain't even still, we ain't even right. had our, like, just say what it is. Like, if you in your feelings, tell me in your feelings. If you don't feel like helping me, tell me why you don't feel like helping me, why you feel like, you know, I'm. it's shady for me to ask you this or call you about this and call me about nothing else. Like, right. say that, but don't, like, pretend that you're going to help me when you know you don't want to anyway. Because that conversation would get all their issues out anyway. Exactly. Like, that, w- that would put everything on the table, and either they're going to be okay after that convo. Or they not. In which case, Molly would end up asking Andrew. Right. Or it's a it's a wrap. Like, the whole, the whole like, it's a wrap to the point where Molly ain't going to the, to the block party. Andrew's not going to the block party. Like, there's a complete like separation in their friendship after that and point, after that combo. Right. If he just said, you know what, how are you gonna ask me for this when we been when we beef, we not good. You yeah. know we're not good, right? That's what that's what that's what would have started the whole combo and they could have gone down that road. That would have still been whack though, even if she was like, How you gonna ask me for this when we not beefing? Like, bro, that's my job. Like we can handle that other shit another no. time. Like that's- this is well, I'm trying to earn a living over here. Like we don't have time to be on the kick on the caddy. Have shit. that conversation at night, bro. Like if you call, if you if you call me and you like, yo, I need you to do something, but I haven't talked to you in a while. Right. We we're clearly beefing. There's tension. I'm like, bro, really? Like we haven't had the talk we need to have, but you call me about this, and then you're gonna be like, oh, this ain't the time. Like, no, it, it either is the time right now, or it's never gonna be the time. Or even <laughs> like, I'm gonna do this, but like, let's be clear, that conversation we need to have it really, really soon because we can't keep going on like this. But I'm gonna help you because I know you need it. But like, we gotta, we gotta clear some stuff up. Like, acknowledge it, but don't act like everything's cool and it's not. I'm, and I really, I really feel that. And and I don't know, this this may. I had a, a very similar situation with a friend where actually we were in a very rare place and she called me to ask me for a favor. And I I said to her, I said, yo, like you do realize that we haven't spoken in months and you called me to ask you to ask me to do a favor. And we ended up having a conversation that way when she when she revealed like, you know, I know that we're not in a good place, but I thought that that would be kind of the icebreaker to get us to talk. So I don't know if that was Issa's motive or if Issa wasn't really thinking that deep about it, she was just nah, trying to think. Nah, that was purely selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely she wouldn't have called Molly otherwise. Yeah. I think that was an opportunity for Molly to be like, hey, so we're not yeah. like we're not here right now. You know what I mean? And then she got she kinda made it clear that she was choosing Andrew over Issa. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna help you because I value this relationship. Like you can value your relationship and still help me. Like why do you have to let me know that you're choosing this relationship over mine, which I thought was like me, really me. This whole episode, Molly was just trying her best to end the friendship. Listen, all right, so Corey, Panama, I'm backing into the space and you pull up behind me to try to get the space, right? Mm-hmm. And somehow we can't agree on who's getting the space. Now, I was clearly there first. Now, if I decide to drive away, drive around the block as Issa did, what's the first thing we're talking about when we meet at the house? <laughs> <laughs> you know we talking about that motherfucking parking space. We talking about the parking space. <laughs> we talking about this we shit right now. Combo. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. But, but Issa is so used to Molly being trash that that wasn't even the first topic. They were like, she was like, you know what? We're just gonna go in here and have a good time like we always do because that's how Molly always is. Yeah, Molly was tripping on the parking space thing. Like, bro, if you see her trying to get there. Like just find the next spot. I don't. I didn't understand that at all. She and they gonna like, ask her when she walked was, up. Though. Did you find she a parking spot? Car was. Yeah. She knew whose car that was? She. Issa was backing into it. 
Right. She's backing into a spot, nigga. You trying to come from behind and, and pull do a forward parallel park, nigga. Nobody even do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even do that? Right. <laughs> she was gonna have to back she was gonna have to back back out so she could get into it the proper way. Right, because it was a parallel Dude. it was a parallel parking spot. Yeah, she long. definitely just tried to sun Issa and Issa just went on with it. And I feel like that's probably like you mentioned, that's the, like the nature of their relationship generally. Molly always thinking that she can sign Issa. And I think also that's what she thinks Issa is supposed to do with like broaching the conversation. Like she feels like Issa should be the one to like, you know, come back to her and be like, oh, I'm sorry. And apologize first when Molly could very well, clearly because it's been on her heart, she could do the same thing, but she won't do that. Yeah. This whole thing illustrates Man. how small miscommunications can literally grow into like this huge like elephant in a room and like this gulf between friends. Because this could have been handled a long time ago. Like they needed to talk like, listen, we're not we're not really vibing right now and I don't know what it is. So what's you tell me your beef, I'll tell you my we gotta we gotta listen to each other, but you know, like let's let's get this out. Like we gotta get to the bottom of this because we are not in a good place. And they're months into the game at this point. Like, this is months long, not really speaking to each other, not really hanging out, not really, not communicating in an effective way or communicating even in an ineffective way for real, for real. Like, they're just, this this whole relationship is going to end because they just didn't, neither one of them wanted to take the step to clear it up. But in doing so, Issa is coming into her own as a person and it's getting in the way of Molly. Like it just, it could have. Now maybe, now maybe they needed to stop being friends. Maybe that's what ultimately needed to happen anyway. They needed to kind of move on because Molly can't accept Issa in a more assertive role as a, you know, she can't deal with that because she can't deal with a a happy Issa. Yeah. But she don't know that Issa ain't even got no water. So they're all <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like everybody's in a trash in a trash place right now. Even her, even her shadow, her mirror don't even want to deal with her right now. <laughs> that's true Issa had some good comedy this week man like with those phone calls and with the mirror yeah man she was yeah. crushing it she was funny this week man she was <laughs> she was it was good times it was good times um, yep so that is what I have for the good the bad and the insecure alright well we will be right back with our looking for Latoya report some advictions and our Honorary shot of bourbon for whoever had the best week right after this break. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Bourbon and Bouches on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. I would say we are back with our Looking for Latoya report, but there isn't really much to report. We didn't get an update this week other than uh, finding out that Molly is very committed to finding our good sis Latoya, just like everybody else is. So hopefully next week um, we get to we get to see more of Looking for Latoya. I, I missed I missed it this week. I really do. Yeah, we need we need more Ray J. Uh, next week. <laughs> I know. We do. We Let's so need more Ray J. Bring him back in. Let's go. Bring him back. We need more Ray J. We need more Portia. I need to. Yeah. I, I we need it. We need it. And did they ever find the Toyota they were looking for? <laughs> find <laughs> something. Like, did they Toyota. find the Toyota? Like they were, they, they were. Did they find the Toyota? I, That's what I all want. the all questions that need answers. So because I would, find yeah, out. I would laugh my ass off if at the end of that show they found both Latoya and the Toyota. Maybe Ooh. she drives a Toyota, and Ooh. so maybe. Uh-huh. 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 It was in this loop. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, with that said, it is time for our addictions. That is our advice and our predictions for all of the wonderful characters on Insecure. So I'm still trying to pull mine together, but does anybody have theirs on the tip of their tongue right now? Yeah, I got mine ready to go. Go ahead, uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my advice is for my main man, Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Uh, next time you see Issa and y'all had that convo that you was about to have this episode, tell her to lose your number. Don't call you no more. Don't reach out to you no more. You need to focus on your new chick and what you got going on. And um, and and that's my advice for him. And my prediction is that he's going to do just that. And they're going to cuss out next time you see her. Watch, it's gonna happen. What? <laughs> oh my god! On, you gotta you be know. like batting zero on my evictions. Um, I'm probably like close to zero. <laughs> 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 I'm swinging for the fences. When I connect, it's gonna be a home That's run. That's true. You are. You That's are. You Bo Jackson doing. right That's now. You Bo Jackson. Doing. I'm swinging for strikeouts or home runs. Exactly. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anybody else? So my advice uh, is for Molly. Molly has to decide what what the results are that she's looking for. Like, what does she want to have happen? Like, she keeps on acting like she acts based on how she feels in the moment. So, like, still in Issa's parking space, right? Does that help them get closer or not? Like, she's often acting counter to the results that she seeks. Like, she wanted to talk to Issa. How does still in her parking space well, maybe, I don't know, maybe she was trying to uh, incite Issa to react, and then maybe that would start the conversation. I just thought of that. But it didn't seem like that really helps them get closer, though. Yeah, so that's my advice for Molly. Figure out what exactly she wants. Does she want to be friends with Issa or not? And if she does want to be friends, be more friendly. That might that might help. I don't know. Uh, my prediction is uh, Schoolboy Q was going to do the show. Ah. And... I think he's going to do the show because Molly's going to call and threaten his management with a lawsuit. See, the way I took her questions for Issa was like, oh, let me help you get your headliner back by pointing out the fact that your headliner is breaking the contract with you. Not necessarily, yeah, contract. Right, not, not necessarily that she was blaming Issa for the problems, but maybe she was going to try to help out in a different way. Like help get that headliner that. back. So that's my prediction. Schoolboy Q does the show because Molly calls up and threatens the management. All right, I'll go ahead and go. Yeah. Uh, my advice is actually very meta. My advice is for the writers of the show. Please use Kelly more. Like, what is happening? Okay. Kelly is so such comedic gold. So I, I wanted to talk about her early on, but we didn't get to it. So I'm going to have to do that thing where Jabri would like throw everything <laughs> into the show <laughs> in the last yeah. in the end because he get all his points off. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and do this with Kelly right quick. Like, I love Kelly. Like, her character is so funny. Like last season. After rewatching it, like she's gold. She has so many funny moments. Like she's really good. And I feel like she's been entirely underused this season. Now, maybe it's because the writers are so focused on Issa and Molly, like going their separate ways that there's really no place to do it. But there there got to be some way, man. Kel, we need more, we need more remember me different comments and in and all that stuff from Kelly. Anyway. Remember me different. <laughs> remember me different. I still, <laughs> Listen, that made me laugh so hard. Um, that and I Hate Slavery are my two favorite quotes from this entire, entire show. Uh, my prediction for uh, for next week. Man, I was just going to say that that Lawrence was going to end up telling Issa that they broke up. But now you done got me thinking that he done knocked her up. 
So, <laughs> you know, in my heart, that's what I want to happen. <laughs> but I mean, that be that would be yours. You presented that, so I can't take that one. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna predict that by the time this block party shows up, because I think that's where we should be the next one. Yeah. We got the whole I don't really fuck with Molly no more. So they're gonna have a conversation that's gonna be a blow up of some sort in order to get to that point where East is just like all the way out. Yeah. She might be out already though, but I hear you on the prediction. But yeah, I mean, she could be. I mean, it could and it could be that conversation that she had to open the show was because Molly wouldn't reach out about, you know, to Andrew for her. Like I don't like could have been. It could have been less of a a, a a grand statement than just a, a quick in the moment statement talking to somebody else. But I'm just assuming there's going to be some kind of. They're going to have to have the. We keep saying they got to have to have the damn talk at some point, right? So. Yeah, that's my that's my prediction. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and go. Um, so, yes, I think you're right. I think next episode is the block party episode, and so to that point, my advice is for Issa. You know, keep your head in the game, sis. Have a good block party. Stay focused. Um, I think it's actually going to turn out really well. I do think Schoolboy Q is going to perform. I don't think it's going to be because of anything that Molly did. I think that she was. I don't think she had good intentions with her line of questioning with Issa at all um, because she did say, I mean, you must have done something that would make them void the conjure. So I definitely think she was completely uh, trying to shade Issa in that exchange. But I do think he's going to perform. I also think it's probably going to be like more than one like dope headliner. Like I think there's probably maybe from her outreach trying to find a backup. She might have some you know, other interest because I saw she was looking at must she DM uh, DJ Mustard. She was trying to get Sir at the at the block party. So maybe I don't know if it's they just pop up cameos, but I expect we'll see some some more people besides Schoolboy Q. Um, and then I guess for my other prediction, I know I brought up the Condola being pregnant thing. And while I believe that that is probable, I hope that's not true. I really don't want her to be pregnant. But... Um, I think you're not that trying to start. Way, you don't like black love. You're not trying to start a new families. What do you mean? No, I mean, I'm just saying I've been rooting for Issa and Lawrence to get back together for some time, and not to say I mean that they couldn't. I'm just saying that definitely is uh, would be a major um, a major barrier to that. So I don't think. Yeah. Anyway, I but. I think my prediction is that I think one way or the other, we find out what happened to Condola. I mean, because I think we assume that she'll be at the block party. So, yeah, we'll we'll find out one way or the other what happened with Lawrence and Condola. So, anyway, that's my prediction. I don't think Condola going to not call and then show up at the party, though. I mean, I don't think they're going to not talk and she just show up at the party. I mean, not to say that they won't not talk. I'm just saying I think we'll for sure see her next episode. And so I think that we'll find some sort of resolution. And I mean, maybe they will talk, but maybe they won't see each other until. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. Okay. (laughs) Guess we shall see. Um, (laughs) Dang, Janae really threw me for a loop because I was also (laughs) going to say that I think that that I thought that Lawrence was going to tell Lisa that he and Condola have broken up, but you know, I am not, I'm not sold on that anymore. I don't think that Schoolboy Q is going to perform, but I do think that regardless, I think that Ethan's block party is going to slap. I think that she's worked very hard on it. And I, I don't think that the writers want to let us down um, with Issa's progress. 
Um, I think that's going to be like a really, you know, a big moment for her. Um, and I'm going to just keep it simple with the advice. I just think that, like Issa and Malvin, just like everyone else has been saying, like Kelly said, like Tiffany said, they need to just talk. They keep talking around and talking to everybody else. They need to just have whatever conversation they need to have, um, whether it be what's going on with us, I miss you, whatever. I think they need to just have some type of conversation so they, they can know where they stand and so they can either stop acting fake towards each other and just go about their separate ways or, you know, start to get their friendship on the men. So, you know, all in all, thought. Very good advice. Well, I think that wraps up the evictions. Panama, do we move on to the shot of bourbon now? I think so. I think it is only right that we as a collective move forward in perpetuity towards our honorary shot of bourbon for those individuals who have exhibited black excellence in the eyes of inexcellence. (laughs) I don't know what the opposite of excellence is if you use the word excellence in the term. (laughs) Anti-excellence. Inexcellence sounds better. Is inexcellence a word? I said it's a word. Probably not, but I like it though. I said it, it's a word. You know what I meant. So... It's a word. All right. So, who are we giving our who are we giving our honorary shots of bourbon to this week? I'm giving mine to Issa because I don't know. Uh, 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 uh. Rewind, rewind. I'm gonna okay. give my shot to Tiffany because was- she was keeping it. She was keeping it real. She was keeping it real. She, she, we got we actually, and I liked her little milf necklace that she still has on. That was cute. We're getting we got we got full personality and full range of peoplehood from her. So I'm going to give mine to Tiffany. So I was also going to give my shot to Tiffany um, because I didn't think anybody else of our main characters had a, a particularly good week. Molly just gets on my nerves. Issa lost her headliner. Lawrence was there for 45 seconds. And so, yeah, Tiffany has a new baby. You know, she back to drinking her rosé, you know, got her homegirls over at the crib, folding clothes. So it's While it, she was it, pumping on the couch. Exactly. So. She survived childbirth. So, and you know, I think y'all go with Tiffany. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Tiffany too. You know, of course I wanted to go with Lawrence, but that would have took some real creativity to go with Lawrence this week. <laughs> and I, I really couldn't even dream up a, uh, something to say uh, for him this week. They got to give me more to work with next week, goddamn it. At least have my man in there for like two minutes so I could, I could come up with something. But yeah, since since Lawrence wasn't really an option for me this week, uh, Issa and Molly definitely didn't have a good week. So I, I'm going to go with Tiffany as well. I had Tiffany too. Um, right. Maybe Tiffany with a little twist. Maybe I would go Tiffany and Derek. They, uh, you know, they, they got their new baby and they seem to be on a good page. Tiffany had the, the honesty with it's ugly and it's painful. She said it's not beautiful. But um, I think that's kind of what makes it beautiful is that it's ugly and it's painful and it's real. And that's what's beautiful. Uh, if if you've been there, if you've been in that room, you know what I'm talking about. You know, childbirth, man, that's your, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, that's and, real. And Derek with his epiphanies, you know, seemed to be uh, on the right track, even though if he, he started somewhere on the track that you wouldn't want to hope somebody would start. But at least <laughs> he's going in the right direction on the track. So my right. shot is for Tiffany and Derek as a union. All right. Well, since all of you have given your shot to Tiffany, which I was also going to do, I feel inclined to present Kelly with a shot of breast milk because she wants oh, to. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, Kelly's so odd. I mean, I don't know if we can clink clink that one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Well, I'll just say that I've tasted my own blessed milk, and it's actually okay. That's too much. Okay. (laughs) What? That's nasty. Okay. Was it? Was I? Was I gross? We all t- parents t- and stuff mm-hmm. over here. These things, you know. Hey, t- t- tasting any of your bodily fluids is is, is a bridge too far. You know? I mean, I we're not even going to go down this road. We're not going down this road. Absolutely not doing it. Oh, good. So, <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> unanimously with the with the with the cyber Derek gets the shot of, gets the shot this week. So clink 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 for Tiffany. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> clank, clank. clank lord 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 <laughs> all right well that concludes this episode of bourbon and Bouches for the low-key losing episode um we look forward to- this and you know i i like i said i saw online people were talking about this wasn't a great episode i didn't think it was a great episode but we got a lot out of this episode we managed mm-hmm. to get a, a a good amount of solid like stuff out of it yeah. that that talking through it made it seem like a much more interesting episode than i think it actually might have presented itself to be. There's a lot to it. We got some nuance. And sometimes you need the setup, man. You gotta have a setup for the for the rest of the episodes, man. So you I think do. it might have just you been do. a setup. Yeah. And I think is this is this season only eight episodes too? So we're I think about so. to hit the home stretch. Right. Yeah, halfway point. Well this was the halfway point. So Right, right. All right. Well until next week from uh myself, Janae, Shawnee, Corey and Jabri. Have a black one. Bye. Bye, guys. Hi, guys. Have a good one. I got faith in us. I got faith in us. I got faith in us. I just want to give you better Might not be your first But I want to be your forever Baby, you've been searching Steady hurting All I ask is you to come through tonight Fuck that nigga He ain't doing you right Don't think about it Just fulfill your delight I know it's been a long time But I'm on time Searching steady hurting All I ask is you to come through tonight Fuck that nigga, he ain't doing you right Don't think about it, just fulfill your delight I know it's been a long time, but I'm on time You are to die for Let's take the high road You on love, girl, you stand at